Hello and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. My name's Darren and I'm here with Faith. Hi. Pastor Faith. And we will get to the sermon in just a little bit, but we wanted to make some time and space to talk about something special that we've been having on Sundays. And it's a new song that Pastor Faith, you and your husband Josh wrote, and we've shared it with our community. Tell us a little bit about it. What's the name of it? And where did it come from? Yeah, so it's called We Need You. Um, and I, I'm going to root this in 1 Corinthians 2 when Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Um, the, the first thing that was written for this song was the beginning of that bridge section that says, We don't need better plans. We don't need clever thoughts. We need your Spirit, O oh God. We don't want the wisdom of man. We want, we want a display of God's power, which is really what the world needs. They don't need to see a show, or even in the area of worship, they don't need to hear good music. They need to see a display of the power of God. So it came from that heart cry, and then the beginning of the song kind of sets up this space where we invite Holy Spirit, we open our hearts, we clear out all the distractions, the things that get in the way, and then just simply cry out for more of Him. And it's this this longing to be a, a space where the Spirit would rest as a community. Yeah, I love that. That's such a the heart and core value of Garden Church, exactly. knowing that the Spirit is present, like He's welcome to the party and we get to celebrate. And I so appreciate the beauty and creativity that you've been cultivating, not only with worship, but just something that we can invite the rest of our community into. And, and it's so cool when, when uh, in the recording of this song, it's the first time that we shared it. And it's like people have been singing it for weeks. <laughs> and it was just such a cool thing to experience. And so we're so happy for those of you that have experienced that with us on a Sunday morning. And we want to see just more original songs being birthed from this place um, that you're talking about, just being saturated in the Holy Spirit. So we are welcoming you to stick around after the sermon where you can hear a live recording of the song, We Need You, and I hope it blesses your heart. clearly so we're all on the same page no I'm only joking um, so back to worship in a moment um, but uh, I, I feel a sense of relief inside me because when I was praying this morning um, I, I, I feel that God made it clear what he wanted for this evening so that's a relief because that's the pressure as far as I'm concerned and um, when, I, when I say that I just want to um, no I can't be bothered to say that um, so, some singing, worship of God, and then what I think would be good would be some stories of things that God has done. Now, most of us here will have stories of God's work in our lives, so I want to limit it really to what happened last night or what happened at Vanguard University this week, if you were there, just because it's good to go for immediate things. Things that have just been happening in the last couple of days as a result of 
the, the, the way in which we've been praying for people. That would be great. Or maybe if you came to an Empower conference last year and you want to tell your story of something that happened, that would be brilliant. Now, the purpose of these stories is to raise faith and expectation that God is working today and doing amazing things because sure as eggs is eggs, whatever it is that God did in you, there'll be people sitting here who need the same thing or a similar thing. And so what we're trying to do is show that God is able to meet problems of the kinds that we might have. Could be physical problems, could be emotional problems, whatever. So um, a good story is quite brief. I will be holding the microphone to control the brevity. Um, And it won't be that much about you. It'll be a little bit about you. This is what, what I want to pray for. But it will be about God. This is what God did. So what was it? What did God do? And we're just trying to, you know, point to God with these things. So um, as the next phase of worship happens, if you think you've got one of those, can I encourage you to, to be bold and give it? Because it helps other people. It's always the point. And I'll be here at the front and you can come and tell me first. And then I'll be able to fail you. No. Then I'll be able to say, uh, I'll be able to say, that's brilliant. Um, thank you very much. And then we'll take a few. And then we'd probably do a bit more worship than take a few more. Is that okay? Good. You have no control over that, do you? It's just a straight yes. Let's stand and um, we'll worship for a bit. If you just, just come straight up to me and tell me if you think you've got something and tell me what it is. like to take a seat just for a couple of minutes we just hear a few stories come and join me sir and um, the idea is I suppose listen with the heart because we'll go back into worship again and give thanks to God I'm sorry sir I can't remember your name Jesse that's right Jesse so so what's your story Uh, my story is um, last night was incredibly uh, edifying for me Um, I've never experienced anything like it I was raised in the church I'm actually a pastor and a church planter trying to steer my church to embrace the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the gifts. And so last, last night was incredible, but um, I felt incredibly inadequate and not good enough for God to pour out his spirit and do anything different than the ordinary of what I otherwise would know my whole life growing up and even in ministry. And um, a couple of brothers came and prayed for me, and one in particular was pretty brief and but powerful and uh, just really praise and thank God that we don't come to him in our soiled, stained, dirty garments, but clothed in the clean, white garment that Christ has clothed us in. And um, as a gospel-centered fellow, that really encouraged me. That's no news to me, but uh, God poured out his spirit on me in a particular way, and that meant a whole lot. Um, another brother was praying for me, and um, he, he said, I can't get sport out of my mind. I guess he was from the U.K. He said, I can't get sport out of my mind. Um, we call them sports. But, uh, <laughs> that's okay and he said uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. he said how about f- football do you play football and do you have any uh, injuries it's kind of hindering you from that I can just feel God knows your passion and this and that and I said well ironically enough I'm having a midlife crisis and I did uh, uh, try out for a semi-pro football team and I am playing football as of the last couple of months ago and I am out for the last three weeks because of a bad back and he says how about your knees and my knees are horrible and so um, he just said let's pray for healing for your back and for your knees and they prayed for healing Uh, Now, I haven't played football since last night, so I'm not entirely sure that my back is completely healed, but I'm trusting God that it is, and um, I was just... I was just blessed and edified. Another brother prayed for me and said, uh, how about business? Does business, 
I just can't get out of my head business uh, when I'm praying for you. And I decided, yes, or the day before, which was uh, Thursday, I guess, that I'm going to partner with a brother and uh, try to move a startup company forward by way of business to help fund some of the things that I'm doing. And um, a whole lot of things happened on Thursday to make that decision, but I was really hesitant. I felt a lot of shame about some other things that I was doing, and he just sort of... uh, we read that story out and said, hey, I just envision a clock with all its moving parts. And, um, and, and God has equipped you and given you, and, and all the mechanisms are there, but you can't run that clock on your own. It's got to be Jesus that turns that clock and makes it happen. You've got to rely on him, but he's gifted and blessed you to do that. So for me, last night was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Jesse, thank you very much. That's brilliant. <clears throat> So, so that clearly shows the point of these words from God, or these prophetic words, doesn't it? The, Paul says in the New Testament, the prophecy is supposed to be encouraging, comforting, strengthening, right? So obviously that's what it is. There's a guy with a particular series of needs, and people discern them in the power of the Spirit, and he feels better. This is a very good friend of mine. We met, um, we met earlier in the week at the university. Um, what's your story, Shelley? Um. All right, so about four years ago, I started feeling numbness in my hands, arms, um, leg, and um, my cheek. And um, about a month ago, God showed me what the source of that pain was. And I was going to the doctors and getting tests, and they believed it was MS. And so on Monday, I was going in for my final um, testing. And um, I I had this peace knowing what it was, but I also had this fear not knowing how to release it. And... um, uh, Wednesday morning, um, we were all getting ready to pray, and God just stopped me and said, "No, you're gonna like your healing's gonna happen now." And um, it was just this beautiful time of just me and God, and people came up and um, were praying for me. And um, He said, "Shaylee, you need to say sorry to Jesus for the last time, and just have that time with Him at the cross." And um, I just felt just this release and his grace just came down and saved me and his love just healed me and um and his power is now able to use me fully and there was just that disconnect from that physical numbness and the spiritual numbness and so through that god is just um radically molding my heart deeper and deeper and um that was just that final release i needed to um continue in the work he started in me so fantastic thank you And, and that shows a common connection between physical problems that we have and some kind of emotional thing that happens. So when she told me this started four years ago, I, my first question is always, so what happened four years ago? And she courageously told me, and uh, then we were able to move forward from there. And it's interesting how the physical thing then just stopped. Um, Ryan, where are you? Oh, beautifully positioned. Is, is Mike the chaplain here tonight? Because... Um I guess he's not. Okay. Well, um, I just want to share a story about the faithfulness of Holy Spirit, really, because we ministered at Vanguard um, just the other night, and there was one guy there looked an awful lot bigger than all the other students and a bit older. And I just thought, I really need to pray for this guy. So as I approached him to pray, he looked at me and he said, I knew you were going to pray for me. I knew that I had to get prayer from you. So I thought, well, this is, this is promising, you know, raised my faith levels a bit. So I thought, right, I'm going to pray for you. So I said, what do you need prayer for? And Mike said, just trouble with my daughter at the moment, not feeling much peace regarding my relationship um, with my daughter. And so I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, release your testimony over Mike. 
So I basically just explained that um, when I was 14, my parents had had a really horrendous divorce and I hadn't seen my father for six years. And basically when I met with God, he did this amazing healing work on my heart. And I went and found my father and I just said, there's reconciliation for you, Mike. And um, his face just lit up and he said, I haven't seen my daughter for ages. She's left. And he just explained his situation. And I could just sense the Holy Spirit just bringing hope to, to Mike in a powerful, powerful way. So I just said, well, we're just going to speak a declaration of God's faithfulness over you with your daughter. And so we just spoke that over Mike. And his whole countenance just changed. And I could just see the work of the Holy Spirit on him. So basically, we all went home at the end of the night, and the next day, we just came in for morning prayer. And a whole bunch of people turned up, but Mike actually stood up and gave his testimony, and he said he'd had the first full peaceful night's sleep that night in a very long time. Like, he'd been waking up in the night, just, just stressing about his, his little girl, basically, or his, his teenage girl. And he just said he just had a, a, an amazing night's sleep. So, yeah, just really give thanks to the Holy Spirit for just being faithful in, you know, our emotional needs like that. So. Yeah. Ryan, thank you. Good. <clears throat> thank you. Let's give thanks to God when we hear those things. That's the only real response, isn't it? We, we'll hear some other stories, but why don't we stand again? Give thanks to the Lord and be glad. Would like to take a seat again? Seems a shame to interrupt. Just for later, I, I think God is showing me that... Um, for somebody who has intermittent hearing in, in their left ear, it kind of opens sometimes and then closes sometimes. You also have a swelling under your left armpit, in your left armpit. Just good to get prayer if that's you later on. Um, so, um, could we take a few more stories? Maybe another three, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, that was just a, anybody want to come and do Give one. So, so actually, can we start with my favourite, the world's greatest Bible passage putter up, or Alicia? Here she is now. Don't you love the people that do the sound and that all the time? <laughs> Everywhere I've ever been, this is the best one. She's a complete genius. No, nothing is too much trouble. It's always done. It's fantastic. So, Alicia, we we met last year, didn't we? What happened? So I sought some prayer at prayer time on the Friday night last year, and Louise prayed for me. It was immediately very hot, and I needed to take off my sweatshirt. <laughs> he told me not to say this part, but I want to really bad, so I'm going to. Um, so I, I wanted, to, like, I needed to take off my shirt after that, and he said, no, you cannot take your clothes off. You need to leave your clothes on. And I said, you don't understand. It's hot. And he said, yes, that's fine. So um, thank you, John. You uh, pulled out an evil spirit from me last year. I'm a really good crybaby. Um, so am I, actually. <laughs> and uh, through that evil spirit being drawn out of me, I have been able to be healed from a horrible pain that I've had with my father for 15 plus years. And it has been an amazing year. Um, I've seen my father and I don't have a relationship with him. I got to spend his birthday with him, which is Christmas. It's been so empowering. Um, John Rosine also, I had a lot of visions of carrots last year. 
I don't know what. God works in miraculous ways. Um, we are a garden. And uh, so I, I had all these, like, really little carrots that I kept on saw, seeing being me pulling out of the ground. And at the end of the conference on Sunday, I had another vision of healing with huge bushel basket of beautiful, ginormous, succulent, orange carrots with these amazing green tops. And, okay, so that was great. I had to hurry up and leave and go do laundry after that. And John Rosine brings me a beautiful, succulent bushel of orange carrots, which empowered me to give this lady a gift card. Upon giving her this gift card, she asked for prayer. She, I, she told me that I fulfilled a prayer for her, and she had been married to her husband for 40 years. This $10 Target gift card that Danae gave me because I was broke one time, <laughs> I was able to forward on to another person, and she told me she was married for 40 years, and this was her 40-year anniversary, and because of this, she's able to buy her husband something nice. Then she asked me to pray for her eyes. I said, well, I happened to learn this new technique of prayer. <laughs> I just might be able to help you. <laughs> so we're in this super nasty, dirty laundry mat. And I said, well, I got time. I got like 25 minutes until my washer is done. And she's like, here? I said, yes, that's fine with me. And she's like, well, there's people here. I'm like, And? So I prayed for her, and she was wearing glasses with blue blocker glasses over them. And I'm praying for her. She starts shaking and shaking and shaking, and she's an older woman. And I was like, do you want to sit down? She's like, lady, you got something. <laughs> so I'm like, it's the Holy Spirit, man. I went to this conference, and it was so amazing. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the prayer, she's crying hysterically, and she takes off her blue blocker sunglasses, and she looks around, and she says, this is what the laundromat looks like? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's one of the dirtiest laundromats in Long Beach, and I bet you she doesn't go there again. <laughs> that is fantastic. Thank you so much. Brilliant. So um, that's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a woman that was touched by the power of the Spirit and freed from something and then immediately goes and finds someone to do the same thing to. I don't know who that reminds you of. Hello. Hi. My name is Dan, and I uh, had an injury in 2009 where I picked up a generator. I ruptured the bottom discs of my back, four of them. And it put me into instant level 9, 10 pain that was constant. And I, you know, they put me on all the different types of medicines until they settled on OxyContin, and I got addicted to it like everyone else does. And it's very hard for a, dev a devoted Christian and husband and father to be a heroin addict, but that's what I was, a synthetic heroin addict. And I was in this dichotomy of how do I serve God when I'm stoned all the time. And I was literally driving around with a pistol loaded in my truck to blow my head off, but I've got such a loving family, I just couldn't do it to them. And I went to the conference last year. And I was high the whole time. It was an all-day conference. And I, mean, I had to deal with it because, I mean, I was affected by the medicine, so I wasn't really receiving. Yeah. But Chris prayed for me the morning at church, and he, he had this vision. He says, you're like an athlete that's been benched during a game that wants to play so bad. And I do. I wanted to serve God with all my heart. And it took about four or five months. I had the courage. I went to my doctor. I said, that's it. I'm done. And I mean, I've got a morphine pump, and I had to have him fill it with saline. I just turned off all the morphine, got off the Oxycontin. 
no drugs, no, no opiates, and I'm just as healthy as I've ever been. I lost 40 pounds. I'm serving God, and my life is just 100% turned around. It wasn't immediate, but, you know, I st- I, Chris just told me to keep seeking after God and keep looking for the Holy Spirit's blessing. And he filled me up and just poured everything out that was inside of me, and I've been a transformed person because of it. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. If God can even use Chris. I think that's the main message from that story. Okay. Fantastic. I just want, can we just do another, where's he even gone? Jones? Can we do another sort of song with with thanks? Well, that was athletic. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, so. What, what, you don't like it anymore? (laughs) Not anymore. Um, So, so this morning, um, I I had a, a great sort of, sense of relief when it became clear to me um, what we should do tonight and um, because it can be a a wrestle to know Um, and after after that kind of wrote it down thought about it and um, I thought I I probably just should pray about this for a bit so I walked off down the beach and I thought I'm just going to go to the pier then I'm going to go back again and being the sort of slightly odd person that I am I'm thinking I'm going to go to the pier and no further than the pier and then straight back and basically as I got to the pier I, I sensed God says you just need to do another couple of minutes I'm thinking, oh. I'm thinking that probably wasn't God whatever but who cares nobody's going to know so I just, I just carried on walking past the pier literally looking at my watch you know two minutes to and turn round and, and there on the pier, staring at me, because um, I felt God say to me, you, you're going to meet somebody you need to talk to. Staring at me from the pier is, is Zach, who comes to the church. And the interesting thing is that God had shown him that he'd be meeting me. So we had an interesting little chat. Anyway, the reason I'm mentioning that is because if, if you are able, I, I'm, I'm asking you to trust me when I say this. This is, this, is a, a very, this is a difficult thing for me to say and for some people it will be a difficult thing to hear. But I, I think I'm saying what some people need to hear. And so a high level of, high level of challenge just for some people. So I, I think there's an opportunity for two groups of people um, to uh, change their mind about God. And the first group is a group of people who are as far away from God as they could possibly be. And um, uh, I just read a couple of verses from the Bible. Um, This is um, said um, of, of God. We do not want this man to reign over us. We do not want this man to reign over us. And of Jesus again. He came to his own home and his own people received him not. They hated me without a cause. And so I think there are some people here for whom it is the last thing they want to do to be a Christian. The last thing they want to do to have anything to do with God. Why you're here, goodness only knows. You've come for whatever reason. But I think there's an opportunity for you to change your mind if you want. You've heard some of these stories. You've heard of the works of God. But the opportunity will always remain with you. It's your opportunity. You can take it or not. And then, equally painfully, I, I think there are some people who, who do want God, but like many of us, like me, 
find themselves at this time actually wanting something else as well and knowing you can't really hold those two things together. So it's like having your one foot in an unmoored little dinghy and the other foot in another dinghy and basically, you know, they're just pulling in opposite directions. It's very painful. And uh, so verses which encapsulate that would be, oh yeah, and so for you, you, you just don't want to go near the Spirit. You don't want to go near the Holy Spirit. You don't want to be prayful because you're frightened of being exposed. I mean, I'm so sorry if you're in that position. I've been in that position. Yeah, it's a very painful place to be in. But you know what? Everybody does get themselves in that position, more or less. You know, you're not alone if you happen to be there right now. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But for both categories of people, for both categories of people, the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. While we were enemies, God did everything necessary to bring us back. So here's the awful kicker. Um, now, can I just say that if somebody did what I'm going to do now, to me, um, I, I would make no response at all. But some of you might have more courage than me. So if you're in either category, I believe it would be good for you to come to the front and be prayed for. Now, if this was me and I was in that position, I would know it was me, and I would stay exactly where I was. And I'm sure that God would meet, meet me where I was because he's very gracious. But I think, because I think God has shown this to me, it will be better for you if you actually somehow find a way of coming forward. And then all that will happen when you come forward, probably people will clap and they'll be glad. And we'll probably sing another song while you get prayed for briefly. And that'll be it. Then we'll move on. So, here's the area you might like to come to. <laughs> Thank you. And if you're coming, just come with words, come with words. Only God needs to hear them, but just say the words you want to say. It's such a relief to know that you have turned from a sort of half-life or turned from a sort of enmity towards God. It's such a relief. It's always good just to leave a bit more time, just in case anybody else wants to come, but there's no pressure, so. Going once. Well done. Twice. Well done. Okay, promise me that afterwards you're not going to come up and tell me that actually that was you, but you didn't come forward. Um, but if it is you and you didn't come forward and somebody does pray for you, tell them. That would be a good thing. Then they can just pray for you where you are. So if you're here at the front, would you like to just open your hands in front of you? It's a symbol that says, hello, God, I'm open to you. Shall we say sorry for the last time? 
Jesus is the trash man of the world. And if you imagine him standing in front of you with a trash can, why don't you just put it in the... Hear these words of the Bible. When we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. God remembers our sin no more. He remembers it no more. So there's no point in going on about it because he puts it in his great big forgettery. It's really important that you leave it there. Just leave it there. You're in a boat. You've got a big sack of rubbish you just tip it over the side and you just row off and a big sign comes up out of the water saying no fishing, just leave it, leave it where it is. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace and loving kindness and mercy of our God embrace you. Okay, if a few people would like to just lay hands on people and stand with them, thank God for what they've done, for their courage and declare the forgiveness of sins over them. It's comforting to have somebody standing there declare the forgiveness of sins. Could we just play something comparatively gentle while, while it's going on? Thanks. What courage this is, don't you think? It's great courage. If you weren't quite able to do it, if you weren't quite able to do it, it's all right. It's all right. Just tell somebody later, as long as it's not me. If you need a bit more time at the front, that's fine. I'm just going to speak over you. Do you want to take a seat, guys? When you've finished in your own time, just go and sit down again. You can be prayed for later. I want to talk briefly about this model that we use, this way we pray for people. You know, um, there is... That I, I think when I go around the place that the, there's really n nothing at all to learn from me whatsoever except this one thing. I have tried to pray for people in the power of the Spirit for the last 30 years and the model of prayer that I've received has actually come from here, from the vineyard movement and uh, I would say that the impact of John Wimber in the vineyard was the, was the greatest impact on the church in England in the last 50 years of anything that happened. Nothing has happened since, which was more important in the English church. And basically, um, I um, read one of his books, and I simply started doing what he said in his book. It was a book called Power Healing, and it was about how to pray for people. And I was very interested in praying for people, but I wasn't quite so certain about the model of prayer that I'd, be, I'd received. I wasn't so sure about some of the theology either. And John Wimber's theology and his model of prayer seemed to me to be better. And so I just read it, I was excited, and I just tried to do um, what he talked about. So I, I, never, I never sort of heard him speak. I did in the end, but I just started, I just read the book. I've, I've always done that all my life, you know, just, in fact, I often don't finish books, so I'll just go and do it. You know, and that can be good and bad, actually. Um, so let me tell you about the first time I ever prayed for a group of people. Um, I, I was about 21, and I was in a team, so about three years ago. I was in a team. 
I was in a team with um, about 10 other young guys, and there was this sort of Christian camp, um, adults and teenagers and kids, and we were responsible for about maybe 30, 40 teenagers, the kids of the, the parents that were there, and basically most of them. And uh, it was a week of activities and some teaching, etc. And uh, basically I, uh, I thought it would be really good if we had three not one, but three fasts in preparation. Boy, was I enthusiastic. And I, honestly, I, I, I don't think I'd end, well, I had no idea what sort of power that kind of releases. So anyway, we had a little, we had a little fast. And basically, on, on the Tuesday of this week, I remember it really clearly, beautiful day, and it was an optional session on worship, and basically everybody was, um, uh, was supposed to be you know, not there except the few people that were sort of super keen and wanted to know about worship, which were probably about two of them. Anyway, what happened was they all came. So I said, look, you do know this is optional. You don't have to be here. They, they, more people came, like people from different ages came and their parents. Suddenly the place was sort of inundated like sort of bees to honey with all these people. Couldn't even get in the room. Anyway, so my friend John did a little chat about worship and what it is. And, and then uh, I said, oh, well, you've heard an interesting talk. Do you want to go now? To which the answer was no, and even more people trying to get in. And then he started doing a bit of the worship, exactly as Chris has been doing. And um, as he started playing, playing the songs, um, I, I noticed that um, a, an amazing thing began to happen. Now, I should have realized that something was happening because of the team of ten, because we met to pray briefly before the meeting, of the team of ten, five or six of them had slid off their chairs and onto the floor, and they couldn't move. And so, now, I had my eyes closed, so I didn't even notice that to start with. Then I opened my eyes, and I found that not only were they on the floor, but they, they, they weren't joining us anytime soon. So we had to pick them up and put them in a side room, because the kids were coming in. Now, I should have realized that that's unusual, and, you know, what's going to happen now? But I, I honestly didn't think about that, and so we just got on with it. By the time we started, by the time we did the, um, we did the worship thing, um, there was only me and John left on the team. And they were already, the rest of them had gone. And uh, basically, when I say gone, this is like on the floor and not being able to move at all. And, and then um, there, was, uh, there was everybody, all the kids started crying and shaking and falling over. And, my particular, and I said something totally unnecessary, which is, I believe the Holy Spirit is now here, let's ask him to come, which is, he'd been there for a while. You know, um, but basically, um, what I will always remember, and I cherish this memory, earlier on, I had spoken to a girl um, who was the daughter of some French church leaders, and they had lied to her and told her she was going on a lovely holiday to England and forgot to mention that um, she would be going to a Christian camp. So she was 18, hated Christians, her parents and everybody else, spoke no English whatsoever, and she's stuck in this Christian camp. Now, I um, tried to speak French with her because I did a bit of French. She wasn't really speaking to me, but we had a little chat in French, but it was, I was of no interest to her. And basically, um, she was probably the first person down so, after the team. So effectively, she's standing in the corner. She's only there because everybody else has gone, so she's no idea what she's even coming to. So she's standing in the corner of the room, and w when, uh, when we, the worship started, she just went straight out, head first. And I always remember, she, her head just missed two different stools, and she just went straight down. And, and she was, you know, probably on the floor for about three quarters of an hour, and I finally got over to her, which was like stepping over people on the battlefield. And um, I found somebody who spoke French, and she said, What was that? And... and <laughs> I said, well, I think, I think that's God's power. Does that mean I've got to become a Christian? And I said, I said no, it doesn't, no. 
but, I, but God is showing you that he is powerful, that he loves you, etc. And then she just stomped off. Um, but it was an amazing thing. There was another guy, that, the son of the guy running the whole thing. He runs out screaming, rolling around on the grass, like, like somebody, you know how you tickle a dog's stomach and he just moves around. It was like he was, he was being, and he was confessing his sins. Just confessing his sins, oh, I'm so unclean, and rolling around like somebody is moving him on the grass. That was my first time. And I honestly thought, oh, well, the explanation for this is very simple. Jesus is obviously about to come back, like tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, that, that's what I thought. I thought, is that the end then? Because I couldn't really imagine anything else quite like that. Um, and uh, so, as you can imagine, that having been my first time and all, um, I, for, for years now, I've been praying for people. And, and I pray for individuals. I've been through all the Scandinavian countries. I've been to Russia. I've been around the world praying for people in this way and if there's one thing if there's one hope that I would have as a result of this conference it would be that you would do exactly what my favourite Alicia has done and just take it and try and go with it just, just without discounting yourself and thinking oh woe is me I'm a slug the thing is you're all slugs and so am I, we are a bunch of slugs but God, God loves us, and he wants to use us. And we believe these lies all the time, which is not entirely a lie. I am a slug. That is true. Therefore, God cannot use me. That is not true. In fact, God only uses slugs. As I mentioned when I was in Vanguard, it's not a compliment to be called a Christian. Because God has taken the weak and shameful things of the world to shame the wise and the strong. So we are God's sick joke on the rest of the world. <laughs> So when we say things like, when we say things like, um, you know, um, it'd be great if so-and-so became a Christian, some, you know, football star or some pop star, be great, or politician, it'd be great if they became a Christian, you know, we're just aiming too high. We need to really lower the sights. Because God's aim is to show his irony by choosing the weakest and the most broken to show his glory. And, and, you know, the, there, there is one category of person only that God uses in these kinds of ways. Can you guess what it is? Who would be the kind of person that God uses, do you think, like this, who's got these kinds of stories? Do you want to have a guess? There's only one answer, but you can try. You'll probably get it wrong. Have a go. Pardon? Available. That is, oh, flip, you've ruined it. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Yes. God uses people that show up. That's it. Everybody I've ever seen who's any good at this kind of thing, and indeed any kind of thing, the only thing that distinguishes them from other people is that they show up for duty. So we call this ministry. Ministry means service. It's what it is. Sometimes when you pray for people, nothing happens. Sometimes you pray for groups and nothing obvious happens. Sometimes, and so you go home and you feel, you know, disappointed and devastated. And then you ask yourself, what's wrong with me? Oh, I know. It's the fact that I'm a slug. I knew it. I'm a slug. <laughs> and you have to go through it, remind yourself again that I am a slug, but I'm also a son of God and a saint of the Most High God. And he's called me to do this work. Now, there are, there, there are, there's one thing that separates the men from the boys, the women from the girls, and it's the determination to be faithful to God's call to do the ministry of Jesus. Jesus has called us to preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. After all, what else did Jesus really do? Did a bit of praying, discipled a few people for a bit. As soon as they got the message, though, he headed off to Jerusalem to finish his mission. I would say Jesus was very goal-orientated. When it was done, it was done. See ya. 
back of its heaven, Holy Spirit coming down. So what he's looking for is violent, determined people who will carry forward the kingdom of God. That's it. And it's not about competence. You know, who, who knows the Bible? What kind of person actually knows the Bible? You know, in evangelical church, we value knowing the Bible, don't we? So what distinguishes people who know the Bible from people who don't know the Bible or people who don't know the Bible very well? What distinguishes them? Pardon? But yes, they just read it. It's not rocket science. Why do I know the Bible? Because I read it. Why do you not know the Bible? Because you don't. Right? Praying. Who knows how to pray? People who pray, that's how you work it out. It's really simple. I'm sorry, but it is. If you locked yourself in a room for an hour a day with the express intention of learning how to pray, you become better at praying. I'm really sorry. I'd like to make it more complicated, but just have to stick with the text. It's as simple as that. So, therefore, my hope is simply, very simply, that you would feel encouraged by something like this to have a go under the circumstances like when somebody needs something. You know, they need healing, they need emotional help, they need some kind of interaction from God, some kind of, you know, most of you will probably be in kinship groups, small groups, whatever you call them, community groups. Well, what happens when somebody needs help? One of the reasons I wanted to um, try to to help establish this thing here is because I went to a well-known church in L.A. and there was a woman who was wearing a headscarf and that was unusual. And so the, lead, the leader of the church was, was talking to her with a friend of mine. And basically, um, she, he said, well, why are you wearing that scarf? And she said, well, I've just been diagnosed with skin cancer. And, and the leader of the church said, well, I hope that God gets better and walked off. Because he had nothing else to say. He had nothing. My friend had something. He had, can I pray for you? Now, that's not good enough. I hope it gets better. Now, we don't make promises that people will definitely be healed. You know, some people are healed, some people are not healed. But because some are, we pray for people. And, but the thing is, to have, what would Jesus do? Um, oh, I'm really sorry, so you're a bit sick. Well, I'm, I'm on a bit of a tight schedule, just off to the cross. Sorry. Can you see that? You know, got to feed a few thousand people, actually. I mean, isn't Jesus' ministry basically one series of disruption after another? People just getting in the way. You know, I'm, having, I'm praying this morning. I've got 15 minutes, God, one way, and 15 minutes back. And then we will find that I will be sunbathing, Lord, because I need to do half an hour a day. And I have not scheduled an extra two minutes to talk to Zach. But that's the disruption of God. Right? So you've just got to go with the program. It's God's program. It's not yours. So anyway, very briefly, the model. Then we're going to demonstrate it so you can see it. And then we're going to pray for anybody else that would like prayer. So... The model is very simple, and it's this. We encourage people to open their hands in front of them like they're going to receive a gift. This is symbolic. It's, it's, it's a way of saying, encouraging someone who wants help to say, Hello, God, I'm open to you. I've noticed, actually, when I was in Vanguard, it's probably the age profile of the people there. There's a heck of a lot of hugging, stroking people's hair. So they're praying for people, but they're also kind of giving them their own comfort. Now, that's really important, but not when you're praying for someone. What you want to do is help them to open themselves to G.O.D., who might actually be able to do something. So basically, um, it's open your hands as opposed to, you know, fold your arms or get into the evangelical hairdryer position of agony. Um, just be open and, you know, um, be open in your body. 
express in your body what you're trying to do in your heart. And then close your eyes so you're not distracted, because you take a lot of information, don't you, obviously, by looking around. So just dial down, cl- close your eyes. You don't have to stand up, but it's, when we pray for people all together, we always ask them to stand up, because, again, it's just easier to pray for people when... Because what Christians do when you say pray is, they, as I say, they, they curl themselves into a tight ball of agonized prayer, and it's very difficult to minister to them. If you're not careful, they'll actually kneel. So basically, um, so stand up. And it's quite comfortable to stand there for a bit when you're being prayed for. And so, um, and obviously, you, you know, I mean, the, that kind of laundry story is fantastic. But, you know, obviously you don't want to sort of publicly humiliate people if you can avoid it, Alicia. But obviously you couldn't. No, you couldn't. That was obviously the right thing to do. But ideally we're respecting people's dignity. You might go off into another room or whatever. But anyway. Um, uh, so stand up, open your hands, close your eyes, and then all you want to do is try to think about being normal. You know, there's a reason why sinful people enjoy being with Jesus. And I don't think it was just because he was such a wise teacher with such amazing spiritual love. I mean, how many prostitutes and tax collectors do you know that enjoy hanging out with people like that? I think they enjoyed hanging out with him because he was real, because he was human, because he was wonderful, Right? Imagine you've come home, absolutely hammered out of your head, you've drunk way too much, you come in through the door, and the, the only thing you really want to do is get the key in the lock, get in your house, find the restroom, and vomit. Imagine that. Imagine you open the door, and there's Jesus standing there. Imagine he's standing there in front of you, and the thing is, you can't control yourself, because you had a brief time frame to get in the restroom, and you're sick on the floor at his feet, and it goes on his robe. What would Jesus do? That favorite evangelical question. What would Jesus do? What do you think? What would Jesus do? Well, I think he'd you know, help you to get cleaned up. You'd go to bed, you'd sleep it off, wake up the next morning, Jesus would be there. And this is what I think he'd say, where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? Now, that's the Jesus I know. And therefore, we, what we want to be when we're praying for people is a human being to a human being, having compassion, having loving kindness on a person who is in trouble in the way that we are often in trouble. Be a human being to a human being. Cut the super spiritual crap. Throw it away. Oh, that's it, the Lord. I've got a strange Christian voice and I'm going to snap my fingers and I'm going to do a little dance in front of you and, you know, maybe I'm going to say some tongues you won't understand, blah, blah, blah. Just, could you try to be normal? Just be normal. You know, think about what might help them actually open themselves to God. And I have found, just being very simple in my explanation, just speaking to them as though they are a person and I'm a person helps. So this is what I would do. I would say, and I'm going to use the name Nigel, which obviously doesn't work here, but I've been using it all week and I'm sticking with it. Nigel, hello. Would you like prayer? Are you you used to being prayed for? See, in my context, most people don't get prayed for at all. So, Nigel, are you used to being prayed for? No. Do you want want prayer? Yeah. Um, So, are you used to praying out loud? No. That's fine. You don't have to. Why don't you ask God um, to touch you? In your own head, in your own heart, speak to him, take your time, nod your head when you finish. I actually do that. Nod your head. So there's no mistaking what nodding the head means. You probably don't need to do that. So basically, um, uh, we do that. And so Nigel does his thing, and um, he nods his head. And and I always explain exactly what I'm going to do first. So when you've done that, Nigel, I'm going to ask God to send his spirit. Because Jesus says this, how much more will God the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You're asking, I'm adding my ask to yours, and basically we'll see what God does. Uh, Is that all right, Nigel? Yes, good. Okay, open your hands off and open them for them. Close your eyes, I don't do that, that would be weird. And then basically, um, 
So Nigel's standing there, eyes closed, hands out, and he's, he's prayed his prayer. I wait for him. It's good for him to take time to pray. You know, come to God. It's not me. It's not you. It's God, right? So basically, um, there he is. He's, he's done his thing. You ask the Spirit to come, and just try doing it in a normal voice. Like, you know, come Holy Spirit, something like that. Low energy. Come Holy Spirit. Gentle. Come Holy Spirit, something like that. I like it about like that. don't like shouting or screaming unless things are really happening. Then I get overexcited. But generally, come Holy Spirit. That's enough. So you do that. And then, um, and then go away. And in your mind, in your mind, in my mind, I go off and make a cup of tea. In your mind, you brew some coffee. So off you go. Brew your coffee in your mind. Say nothing. Do nothing. Just get on with letting them open themselves to God. Tell him this is going to take a while. That's what I do. So anyway, so I leave him and, and I watch him. I just look at him. I mean, not in a scary way, but I'm looking at him. Because I believe that over time, with practice, you can see the sorts of things God is doing by looking at them. I I think Jesus did that. So, for example, Jesus sees Nathanael sitting under a fig tree, and he has an amazing revelation, which is, you're a genuine Israelite. Why? Because it says in the Old Testament that a genuine Israelite has his own fig tree. Now, it's not a massive revelation, but it is a revelation. Nathanael goes, how could you know me? Well, it's not a big deal, really. And Jesus effectively says that wasn't a big deal. You'll see bigger things than that. And, or he sees some fishermen. He's been praying for disciples. He comes down. He sees some fishermen. As he's asking for disciples, he sees the fishermen. And the Holy Spirit says to him, they will be fishers of men. So he goes over because they're the right people at the right time and says, you will be fishers of men. And they go, all right. And they start walking after him, because as Darren helped me to understand, these people, right, they've been passed over repeatedly by rabbis, because effectively, at various times in their education, rabbis would have chosen the brightest and the best, and if they'd gone back to the family business, it means they're rejects. So basically, the rejects, who'd probably long to hear that from a rabbi, have found a rabbi that wants them, so off they go. The least, and the least, the most unlikely, as is Jesus' way. So basically, um, so basically, there's Nigel doing his thing. You ask the Spirit to come. And then I use some other really complicated prayers like more power. Thank you for what you're doing. Bless what you're doing. Now, bless what you're doing. The Greek for bless is speak well of. And I think that, ex- that really ex- typifies what we're doing, which is we're speaking well of. We are agreeing with what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's not us. We're not doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit doing? Let's bless that. You know, is it shaking? Bless it. Is it crying? Bless it. Is it has it fallen over? Bless that. Whatever it's doing, bless it. Because that's God, or people's reaction to the presence of the Spirit of God. Bless that. It's not about you, it's not your thing, so you don't need to take credit for it. You also don't need to take blame if nothing happens. You don't make false promises. You just pray for people. Pray for people. And my experience of doing this over many years is that you have some great stories, which is brilliant. You have some failures, which is not brilliant, but happens to everybody. And um, and you have a lot of times where you don't even know what's happened. So... um, Last year, this woman came up to me, and, and I could tell that she thought I might be just slightly lower than Jesus, which is obviously always a mistake. But people who stand on things like this, people do make that mistake. So she's sort of slight, not quite able to speak to me. It's always a laugh, because if she knew me, that wouldn't be a problem. But basically, she said, did you give a word in this meeting two years ago? And, I, and was it about the railway industry? And I can honestly say I have absolutely no recollection of it. Anyway, she, st- she kept on talking, and I suddenly remembered, yeah, no, I did. So it, it was the thing like this, and people were giving various prophetic words, and I had the most embarrassing word from God, which I just thought, I'm not, not going to give that, I'm not going to give that. And then I thought, okay, there's somebody here who's trying to get into the railway industry. You need to stop. 
and then I walked off. Anyway, the thing is, basically, I never gave it another thought. Anyway, so two years later, here she is. She says, so, I worked in the rail industry for ten years, and uh, I got made redundant and spent a lot of time and energy trying to get back into the railway industry, and it wasn't happening. And I came to this thing very angry with God and saying to God, if you don't want me in the railway industry, I want to know really clearly. <laughs> so when I said that word, um, she said fire went through her body. And, and she suddenly took on what everybody had been saying to her, all her friends, which she did not want to hear, which is, oh, you should be a teacher. And the reason she didn't want to hear that is because when she was at school, she had a terrible time. So that was the last thing she wanted to do. But she said, I stand before you now as a qualified teacher. And the thing is, what I've realized that God was doing all the time is put me in a place where when there are kids that cannot cope with school, I know what to do. Isn't that amazing redemption? And you see, once you've had a few of those, you just think, I'm in for life. You know, sign me up. Let's do it again. I mean, these stories that you've told, that you've told tonight have helped me. You've helped me just to do the next one of these. So thank you for having the courage to say it. Um, because, you know, once you've seen God do a few things like this, it is very addictive. You know, it's wonderful to see God move. It's wonderful. Um, so my hope is that each one of you, especially those who feel utterly unqualified, think, remember again, you are utterly unqualified. So when you feel utterly unqualified, you are actually agreeing with the truth. The truth is that we are unworthy slugs. Yes, we are. And we always will be. But paradoxically, we are called saints of the Most High God. God does not have a B team. You are the A team. The question is, are you going to get on the field? That's it, really. And what happens is, what separates the men from the boys and the women from the men is they actually get on the field with all their slightly crappy equipment and their, their uniform doesn't quite fit properly with the holes in and all that. They actually sign up for duty. So the challenge for you, really, I mean, you heard the challenge for these courageous people that sought to put their lives back in the right place. The challenge for the rest of us is, are you going to be good Christian soldiers and get out there and do the business? Or are you going to be cautious and safe and remain with your introverted, slug-like perception of yourself? I mean, you know, the sick are going to continue to be sick. The emotionally damaged are going to continue to be emotionally damaged. And we can either try to be of help to them, or we could perhaps offer them a bit of human comfort and do the hair stroking and the hugging thing. Or we could seek to minister to them in Jesus' name. Would you like to see the ministry of Jesus? Let's have a go at that. Okay, so um, you can play. Um, let's ask for some words of knowledge. Words of knowledge, a gift of the Spirit, which is like a fragment of information that you couldn't know. Let's focus on physical healing, because we can actually see people who are physically healed. Um, so if you've got something that comes into your mind in a couple of moments that you think is like a word about a physical ailment, sometimes people feel it in their own bodies, sometimes they see it in their imagination, sometimes they sort of know there's such and such a thing there, uh, condition there. If you shout it out, um, then I'll relay it over the microphone, and then we'll take a few, and then there's some guys I've asked to pray for people publicly, and they'll, they'll, show, they'll model the way we pray, and you can watch, and we'll see what God does, okay? So let's pray. And ask God for some words of knowledge. Now these often come like the flutter of a butterfly's wing. They come very fast. And you spend your time saying, no, 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 that's not God, it's not God. It's not. How do I know whether it's God? Now, can I just say, the postman does not spend a lot of time analyzing whether or not they should give the mail. 
Their job is to deliver the mail. They also don't stand there while it's being opened. Right, they just give the mail and off they go. So basically what your job, is e words of knowledge are easy because nobody's going to be checking to see whether or not yours was wrong. Do you know what I mean? So basically what you do is you just shout out what comes into your mind that you think is a condition. You, know, you need to think God has shown you that in one way or another. Say it out, I'll relay it, and then if there are proud owners of those conditions, they could get prayed for. Okay, so let's ask God. If you've never done it before, it makes absolutely no difference. We can all play. Lord, we thank you for the gifts of your Holy Spirit and for the presence of your Spirit for these wonderful stories that we've heard of your healing. And we ask that you would show us things that you want to heal, things that are broken and that need to be mended. May we see the ministry of Jesus in front of our eyes. Amen. So now just have courage and um, shout it out. I can see that there's somebody with a swelling in the right side of their throat. Somebody with a stomach ulcer. Nasal. Nasal allergies. Thanks. Somebody who's had a measure of healing in their knee but they want to see it completed. Hearing. Say it again. Liver. Yeah. Problem with their right eye. Nasal also, that's very sore. Left bicep, nice loud voice. Right chin sprint. Whoa, word of knowledge clash. Try that again. Right ear, okay. Stress headaches in the back of their neck. Um, type 2 diabetes. Was that right? Okay. Heart disease. Taste buds. Enlarged heart. Remember, sometimes people feel it in their own body. Sometimes they see it in their imagination. I can see somebody with chest pains. Just, it's like peripatetic chest pains. Not able to get pregnant. Tooth issues. Cervical cancer. I missed that. Insomnia. Right knee. Something with the ribs. Carpal tunnel syndrome. Yeah. Right hip. Five more. Maybe if you've never done this before, five of you. Eczema. Well, fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. Three more. Ovaries. Mm. Two more. <laughs> Pardon? Pardon? Schizophrenia. Mm. Say it again. Shoulder injury. Okay, now some of those, right, we can't pray for publicly, but they're very, you know, so for example, not being able to get pregnant, we're not going to do that publicly. Um, but if there is somewhere we could tell a difference, like right hip, that is it something physical which we could see if something's happened, I'm particularly interested in those. So who's the proud owner of one of those conditions? Is that all of them, sir? No, just checking. Okay, one over there. Yeah, one. Don't be afraid or ashamed. Just put your hand in the air. 
Okay. Um, can I ask what it is? Right hip. Would you like to come forward? I'd love to pray for you. Because that's a good one because it's actually physical and we can see. Um, what else? What else do we have? Yeah. Chest pain. Great. Yeah. Tooth issues. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, not good. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's all right. Yeah. Allergies. Okay. Okay. You know what? We'll pray for that later because I don't think we can see a change there. But we will pray for it at the end. Okay. Um, okay. How many pairs did we have, guys? Do you remember? Oh. Find your people. So these are some. We'll pray for you afterwards. These are some people I prepared earlier um, who are going to come and find. Um, people to pray for. Now what I'd like you to do guys is take, take your person and if you could face out towards them they will, they'll, um, they'll pray for you. Guys, guys you need to face out so that, so that the person you're praying for is facing them so you can see what's happening and I'm going to talk you through what they're doing. You okay? That's good. Let's pray for you. Let's pray for you, yeah. Uh, do you want to pray? Do you want to, guys want to pray for this guy? Okay, so basically the, the, first, the first thing is they're going to find out is what's your name and where does it hurt, okay? I'll tell you what, would you move around a little bit so they can see this guy? You, you need to make sure that the people being prayed for can be seen. So maybe shuffle along a bit. Do you mind all just taking a step to the right? So it's like, okay, what hurts and what's your name? Yeah? So meet a human with a human. Darren, to the side, to the left. Can't see you at all, guys. Guys, guys, can't see you. Can you come over here? So they're not doctors, right? Unless they are doctors, but they're not doctors. So a long, long descriptions of everything don't mean anything. You know, where does it hurt is what you want to know. Where does it hurt? This is stage one. Where does it hurt? And what's your name? When you found out, just stop. What are you doing, sir? You're standing in front of everyone. Are you praying for people? You want prayer? Okay. Um, a couple of people like to pray for this guy over here. Members of the ministry team. Thanks, Ben. Great. So we find out the name, we find out the condition, and, and now we, we're asking our person to pray first. Right? So ask them to pray, and ask them to ask Jesus to come and heal them. So give them time, give them time, and let them open themselves to God, because you can't heal them. So let's have Jesus ask. Have them ask Jesus. Give them time. So notice they're keeping their eyes open when they pray for people because they're looking to see what the Spirit is going to do. And then, then you guys ask the Spirit to come and then let them engage with God for a bit. I hope you can see it's not terribly frightening. It does not very complicated. So they ask the spirit to come 
and they give them an opportunity to open themselves. And they start to say sort of affirmatory prayers like, more power, thank you for what you're doing. And then after a while, they'll speak to the conditions, the people of God in Jesus' name. They'll speak to the conditions, and then they'll see what happens. Sometimes when you pray for people, you, you, you sense that you know why this problem is here. So often, of course, the problem is just a physical thing. They, you know, they fell over and hurt themselves. Sometimes there's a cause for some conditions that people have, and you have revelation about that, and you pray into that. It's quite good to ask people. If it's physical, it's quite good to ask people, is there something that you couldn't do? Can you do it now? And then after you pray for them for a bit, it's good to ask them, what do you think is happening? And then when you, when you, if they say, well, for example, it feels really hot, my shoulder feels hot, then you just carry on for a bit. Thank you for what you're doing, bless what you're doing, that sort of thing. So you might lay hands on the condition where it is, if that's appropriate. You might speak to it, swelling go down in Jesus' name. Heart beat regularly in Jesus' name. And what you're doing is you, you look at them and can you, see, can you see the spirit resting on them? Sometimes it's very obvious, sometimes it's not so obvious. So you can see that you pray for a while, right? And then you, know, you need to ask them, how's it going? And, uh, and, you know, if it's been healed, brilliant. If it's been a bit healed, pray on for a bit. And if it's not healed, I, I would always say, really happy to pray for you again. No false promises. No, well, if it's not healed, it's because you're sinful. No, um, if it's not healed, it's because you have a lack of faith or maybe you've got 17 demons. Just, you know, we prayed for you. Hasn't happened this time. We don't pretend. But we pray for them another time. I have no idea why some people are healed and some are not. I have no idea why some, why some people are partially healed. I have no idea. And I, I wouldn't believe anyone that does have a, a thing they know. No one knows. problem with teeth. I, don't, I think this is new. So you can see him shaking. You can see the power of God coming upon him. So <clears throat> what we do is we get excited for what God is doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Bless what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. That sort of thing. This guy is 
nothing changed to start with. Now it feels a bit better. So now they're just carrying on for a bit. Lord, we bless what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Lord, will you put the gospel in his mouth? I pray you put the gospel in his mouth for a whole generation of younger people, Lord. Help him to raise people up, Lord. Grant him the desires of his heart, Lord God. Spirit of God, fall upon him. Move right through him, Lord. Heal this knee, Lord. You don't need to stay with people forever. But you just, you know, you, you, when you're with someone, you want to be present to them. Be present to them. Show them you love them and reassure them of God's love. How's that going? So this guy is um, much less painful than it was. Still praying. So this guy has hip and um, shoulder problems. And when they first started praying, he just felt just a shot of cold going right through him, which sometimes happens. Sometimes people experience heat when the Spirit's healing them, sometimes cold for whatever reason. So they're just praying on for a bit. Praying for this lady. Praying for this person's vision. So praying for a physical thing here, but there's an emotional thing that needs to be prayed for, which is what they're doing. So you can see the process going on. I hope you can see it's easy. There's, there's no one here that as yet seems to be completely healed. Um, but there are people here who are more healed than they were, and some who are unchanged. So that would be about the norm. Okay? Um, but uh, you, you, what would happen is you just carry on praying. And um, so I think what would be good now is just to stand and ask the Holy Spirit to come to us and then we'll pray for a few more people. Do you want to stand? I hope you can see that that's really easy and uncomplicated and human. What I suggest is that we invite the Holy Spirit to come and touch us. And if you think the Spirit is particularly touching you, then come forward and receive prayer. If you had one of those other conditions and you would like prayer, or you just have a physical condition and you would like prayer, come forward and we'd love to pray for you. But let's open our hands now and ask the Spirit to come to us. I realize it's late, it's a Saturday, I get it, I'm sorry. You know you don't have to stay, right? You do have to collect your kids at nine, still 20, 20 minutes to go. So should we open our hands? How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? 
So be still in yourself. If you struggle with that, I am worthless feeling, give that to God. I'd keep your eyes closed and just think I'm just going to be here for a few minutes. I'm just going to open myself to God. Send the power of your spirit upon your people. Equip us to do this work, Lord. just be still and know that God is God and welcome his presence be glad, welcome his presence God is clearly doing things here, we've heard about it welcome his presence Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you that you love each one of us and you call us into your ministry. Equip us, Lord. Equip us by your mighty power. Give us all that we need, Lord. We open our hearts to you. Thank you for listening to the Garden Church Podcast. For more information about the Garden Church, visit thegardenlb.org. Well